Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Futures Focus, a Prospects 1500 podcast. Been a while since we talked to you guys, but I promise it was worth the wait. We've got a very special episode for you today. My name is Jake Barry, of course, one of your co-hosts here on Futures Focus at Barry's underscore baseball on Twitter. Joined, I won't say as always, but most of the time by Scott Green, my buddy at Scotty Ballgame. What's up, Scott? How you doing? How you doing, Jake? Great to be along this evening. Yeah, man. Happy to be talking to you again. But, uh, you know, today's show is not about you or me. Today's show is about a very special guest we got with us. We're joined today by Shelly Verstrait. Shelly V underscore 643 on Twitter. I think most of you know Shelly from her work with uh, Rotographs, uh, Friends with Fantasy Benefits, Pitcher List, Dynasty Guru, and of course at Prospects 1500. She's all over the place. Shelly, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. How are you doing, Jake and Scott? We're doing awesome. Absolutely. Great. In the swing of baseball season, uh, we, we've got some, some Nationals prospects to talk about. Shelly covers the Nationals for our site over at Prospects 1500. Just wrapped up with the draft. You know, we got college baseball in full swing. Good, good time of year for us as baseball fans. But, you know, before we dive into any of that stuff, Shelly, why don't you just give us a little background about you? I'm always interested in how people get started in this uh, – in this fantasy baseball game, in this blogging world, prospect world, I know you're all over the place. So, Hey, hey Jake and Shelly, before you do introduction on yourself, though, I, Shelly, I have one question for you. How sure. about those Red Sox? Oh, come on. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're really starting to get into their groove right now. <laughs> yeah, they are. They're playing much better. But I, Sorry, Jake, I had to do that. So. Uh, yeah, Shelly, tell us, tell us all about yourself. Uh, yeah, uh, to be honest, I kind of stumbled into this, uh, fantasy baseball thing, uh, writing about it anyway, uh, a couple years ago, uh, when, uh, Scott actually put something out on, uh, Reddit asking for, uh, some writers. And I've always been a huge fan of, of baseball and fantasy baseball. So I was like, you know, I'm always researching these guys anyway, so I might as well just kind of get some, just write about uh, some guys. So I decided to write about the Nationals. And uh, I, to be honest, I don't know how I got my gigs, to be, you know, to be straight up honest. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just kind of like talk about baseball and apparently people like it, so... What well, Shelly, you've been going to Arizona for for a few years now for the Baseball HQ First Pitch Forum. Uh, so I'm guessing that's really, you know, given you more love for the fantasy game and, you know, helped you uh, get your feet wet even more into into what we're doing. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, I, I've been going to Arizona and the First Pitch Forums over there. Um, in the fall for about two years, and I will be going again this year. Um, and for anyone who has not been, seriously, you need to just you need to go because it's it's an amazing two to three day uh, just talking about baseball, fantasy baseball. You get to meet everyone that you pretty much hear and read about. And then you get to go and watch uh, the best prospects. It's 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 the best. It really is. Yeah, that sounds that sounds like uh, heaven to me. I'm kind of jealous. I didn't know that that was something you're a part of. Well, good, Shelly. Um, I you know we kind of talked. I want to touch today a little bit on on some Nationals prospects with you. Like I said, um, you're you're the Nationals correspondent for us over at Prospects 1500 and. And I don't want you to to give away your midseason top fifty update or anything by any means, but I kind of just wanted to get the ball rolling with some uh, some midseason team previews or reviews, however we want to look at them. And and I wanted to get your opinion on on maybe the national system as a whole uh, for some of our listeners, and then also maybe some names that you've seen rise up your list. Of course, you don't have to give us numbers uh, from your from your preseason list, and then maybe uh 
a guy guy or two that might be uh, trending down a little bit that we need to pay attention to in our dynasty leagues. Uh yeah, um I'm going to I'm going to start off uh this in a uh positive light. Uh that's why I, I always like to do things. Um Will Crow is someone who has been kind of interesting this year. Um he's pitching in Double A. Uh, for the Harrisburg uh, Senators. And he's been doing some like really interesting things. Um, his swinging strike rate is uh, kind of ticking up a little bit. And he's been able to uh, limit his home runs. Um, so he's been kind of rising up my ranks a little bit. Um, and I really honestly think it's uh, a guy some uh, people should be looking out for. Um, he's not really going to be like an ace type guy, but maybe a good three or uh, a number three or number four inning, uh, n- not any, but number three or number four uh, pitcher. Um, and someone else that's been pretty interesting, but I have we haven't really seen it uh, pan out in the uh, statistics uh, part is uh, Sterling Sharp. He also pitches in the uh in double a um and he's been kind of tweaking his pitch mix um in the off season um and he has like this really wicked looking uh slider he's been working on and he's actually gotten some uh pitching ninja love um in the off season so definitely go check that out like some of his pitches is absolutely amazing um, and, uh, someone else that's been kind of interesting is, uh, KG Harrison. Um, he recently got promoted, uh, to high A and the Nationals got him in the Gio Gonzalez, uh, trade, uh, last year. Um, he is a, a pretty prim- primarily first baseman. Um, he kind of catches a little bit, but he'll probably end up at first base. Um, and before he got promoted, he was hitting in, uh, uh, regular a ball and he had a 404 average with a 12% walk rate, uh, which is pretty interesting. And he's been able to keep up the, uh, uh, 300 average when he got promoted to high a, um, so those are pretty much the, um, guys who are going to be rising, um, when I write about the uh, mid-season top 50 for the Nationals. Cool. Hey, Shelly, so I'm just taking a quick peek at our preseason Nationals top 50. Sure. You had Crow at number five. So yep. I'm assuming he's going to stay in that upper tier, upper echelon, maybe in your top five again. But but those two other guys, um, Sharp you had at 15 and right at the bottom of your tier four. It's funny that from 16 through 50, that was your tier five for the Nationals. Kind of tells a little bit about their organization and the depth oh, yeah. of their prospects. But you you were talking about K.J. Harrison, and he was down at 34 for you. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to hear that you think he's going to be a riser. Oh, yeah. Um, I really wasn't very high on him obviously when i wrote about him on uh the preseason top 50 um just based on what i was hearing from scouts um when he came over from the birds it was more of like yeah this guy had to move off catcher uh uh basically because of defensive reasons and you know, he really has to be able to hit, and he's really aggressive, so it might not pan out. Uh, but he's really been able to work on the aggressive part and being able to walk more, and the average has come up as well. Um, so he definitely is going to be a high riser when I uh, write about him for the midseason top 50. All right, cool, very cool. Hey, Jake, I've got a few other Nationals guys. I, I want to kind of bounce uh, off Shelly, but uh, anyone that you're thinking about before I do that? 
Well, I, I just want to touch on KJ Harrison too while we're talking about yeah. him. It's always a difficult profile for me to kind of rank, I guess, guys that are destined for first base. You know, I think for obvious reasons that that people listening to this podcast know. It's there's a lot of uh, a lot of offensive prowess at that position, but um, I didn't have his stats up in front of me. But when Shelley mentioned his average in single A this year and then his walk rate, I said, "Man, what's this guy's on base percentage?" So. I went and took a look at that 485 on base percentage in 16 games compared to, you know, obviously 16 games. We all take it with a grain of salt, but I mean, we're all numbers people here. We like looking at that compared to 2018 when he was in single A, albeit the Midwest League, uh, 298 on base percentage. So, um, yeah, I think Shelly really touched on the key to his development there. And that's that's the ability to recognize pitches and. Uh, man, he he had a pretty swift turn, and and even now in high A, he's he's got a 396 OBP. So um, if you spread it out over his, let's see, 210 plate appearances um, between single A and high A, he's sitting there with a 423 on base percentage, a significant improvement from his 289 or 298 last year, I should say. Um, I also think Will Crow's a nice uh, a nice mention there, Shelley. Um, you know, those guys are extremely valuable in, in the, as deep a leagues that we play. Sometimes I think you refer to him as uh, an innings eater. And sometimes, you know, those are the guys that we need uh, to, to kind of round out our rotation there, too. So, um, yeah, I think brought up some great names there. I appreciate that. And uh, let's see what Scott's got for you. He's probably going to throw some curveballs at you. He always does that to me. So I wouldn't be surprised. Shelly, last August, you wrote that you wanted to make a case for Telmito Augustine to be added to the 40-man roster, or you were questioning whether or not he was worthy of being added to the 40-man roster. Um, Preseason, you ranked him in your top 10, right? At number 10, an outfielder, and he had uh, played up to high A uh, last year. And, you know, Jake, you and I are the big baseball card collectors. I pulled a Bowman Chrome first, uh, first Bowman autograph of Augustine uh, in one of my boxes uh, a couple months ago. Shelly, are you still high on him? Yeah, I, I'm not. Um, <laughs> yeah, That's because he's, be <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, he uh, he's repeating high A again this year. And unfortunately, the strikeouts are back because last year he had a about an 18% uh, strikeout rate, and um, now it's back up to uh, about 24%. Um, and he's not walking anymore. Um, like, he's still walking about 8% of the time, which is what he was doing last year. So it, it's even though he's repeating the level, um, he's striking out more, um, which is very, very concerning to me. And so... And- you're thinking that he might not make it to double A this year. Unless it's like a very late season call up and you know how the promotions kind of do with the draft and all that stuff. Sure. Um, um, yeah, I'm afraid not, which is very disappointing. Okay. Well, the, the other one here is going to kind of be a fastball right down the middle. I'm not using my curveball yet, Jake. Right, um, yeah. Drew Ward. He's uh, he was 24 coming into the season, ranked right in the middle of your top 50 at 25. He's a uh, he's a third baseman, and and Shelley Drew seems like I've been seeing his name for years, and <laughs> and so I'm looking at some of his uh, statistics uh, on Baseball Reference, and he was in Double A in 2017. And last year he got promoted to AAA at some point where it looks like he hit 185 in 17 games. And he's, again, I'm seeing him right down the road here in Hartford at Dunkin' Donuts Park when the Harrisburg Senators roll into town to play the Yard Goats, and he's on the AA team um, as a 24-year-old. So what's going on with Mr. Ward? He's hitting 315 this year right now. Yeah, I to be honest, I was surprised when the Nationals assigned him to Double A instead of Triple A, and I honestly, I 
with the way that the Nationals uh, promote their guys, that was uh, very telling. Um, the Nationals really like to promote and aggress- aggressively promote their guys that they really, really like. So to see that they assigned uh, Ward to back down to double A uh, was very telling. And I kind of trust the Nationals in that maybe Drew Ward is maybe like a quad A kind of guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to go with with my curveball here. Um, maybe it's a little bit of a slurve, but... You know, give us give us your best uh, at bat on this guy, and um, tell us about Gilbert Lara. He uh, he brought up basically the uh, he headed up your the end of your top fifty in preseason, and I guess he's he's uh, plugging away with the good old Hagerstown Suns in in um, is that uh, in in the Sally League. Yeah, that that was another guy that they got back. Um, I think of the uh, Gio Gonzalez trade. Correct. Uh, yep. Um, yeah. I mean, he's not doing too bad. I mean, he's hitting two sixty four with a three hundred two OBP. Um, I yeah, he's I guess maybe something. I don't know. I mean, I I I don't know. He he got a lot of money. Um. In the J two, uh, whenever the Brewers signed him, yeah, uh, I remember he he was signed internationally, and I thought someone that they were touting with huge power. Yeah, yeah, I mean he's he's hitting uh, for power in the uh, Sally League. I mean he's got seven home runs so far, um, but for some reason, like I'm looking at his uh, his page right now, and it's just he's not been able to really hit for much power even though he's been you know it's been stated that he has power he just hasn't really connected so i'm not sure really with uh uh lara right right now probably a year in the next year or so we'll tell his story he's 21 years old and yeah. uh, you know let, let's give him another another year or so so those yep. are my three pitches anyway jake well, hey, I just watched Lara. You know, Rome. Rome is the closest uh, ballpark to me. So typically, if I don't have too much going on, I would say that they're my hometown team, if you will. So typically, if I don't have too much going on and they're on the road, I'll watch them on uh, MILB. And Lara is a guy that raked against Rome in a series. Uh, I guess it was early last week, and I think he had something like six hits, maybe in that four-game series. I don't think any of them went for extra bases. So. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. He has that power profile. Um, but like Shelly said, I don't know if we've necessarily seen it yet. Of course, that may come to, come to fruition down the road. You know, he's 21 years old. We're, we're spoiled now expecting these guys to be in the major leagues when they're 21. But exactly. all right. Yeah, no, that's, that's good stuff, Scott. Those are some great names brought up there. And, and, uh, you know, Shelly, we, we don't have to spend too, too much time on this. Cause I think all three of us here like to, like to, view our teams in a positive light but uh i gotta <laughs> i gotta ask you about uh perhaps one of the better prospects they have left down in the system there in luis garcia um not having a, a glamorous year by any means and and i, I want to know if that's uh you know some cause for concern for us uh, dynasty owners uh yeah uh poor poor luis garcia yeah he was really aggressively promoted by the nationals um, up to double A. He's one of the youngest players actually in double A, being only 19 years old. Um, it's a tad bit concerning, um, seeing how much he's struggling. I mean, he's striking out more and he's not walking. Um, so it is a tad bit, uh, concerning, but what uh, on the bright side, he is hitting lefties a tad bit better, and he did not hit lefties at all last year. So there is a tad bit of bright side in the really, really bad season he's having so far. Mm-hmm. Um, but from a Dynasty League standpoint, I would really just hold on to him 
because everyone saw what he did last year and he absolutely was amazing. Um, so I would definitely hold on to, and I have him in a couple leagues. Um, so I am still holding on cause I still believe in that hit tool. Um, yeah. he's just struggling for the first time and he's just got to get, he's just got to find his way out of it. Shelly, yeah. we, we saw Luis in Washington at the futures game last year. If I remember correctly, did we not? We did. Yeah. Yeah. He played in the uh, later innings there. Yep. Right. Um, might not make it to Cleveland this year. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's a great note about uh, you know him hitting lefties. I think mm-hmm. I don't think approaching dynasty leagues by scouting stat lines is is a very good strategy. So that's you know that's why people tune into this podcast is to get insight like that. You know, folks, don't hit the panic button on Luis Garcia, 19 years old at Double A, and and our Nationals correspondent. Uh, is telling us that he's hitting lefties a little better, so he's showing some good signs, uh, trending trending in the right direction. I guess you could say maybe he can uh, maybe he can piece together this season. Um, Shelly, is there any other maybe a guy or two that uh, we can touch on that you don't want us to hit the panic button on quite yet, or or maybe somebody we should in the national system? Um, not not really. Unfortunately, the national system, as some might know, is not the greatest system. Uh, so it's really hard to find a panic button when it's all <laughs> panic button. <laughs> the, the alarm is sounding already, huh? That's what you Yes. Yeah. Hey, Jake, I've got a question for you. Uh-oh. Um, so we've done, uh, seven or eight prospects of the week columns this season. Do you recall any nationals that we've listed? Oh, man. I'm trying to think off the top of my head as well. Off the top of my head, uh, I'm sure there's been a couple. I know, I know, I've mentioned Harrisburg before. I, I'm sure there's been a couple that have had some put put together some pretty good weeks. Yeah, um, but no, no, I don't know anybody off the top of my head. Okay, I'm gonna have to do a quick uh, quick look here before uh, before we let Shelly go. But uh, yeah, carry on, and, and I'll see if I can find out any of them. I can tell you who hasn't been on there, and that's Luis Garcia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, okay. Well, Hey, I just want to take a little turn. You know, we just wrapped up the draft and, um, Shelly, I don't, you and I haven't talked about the draft before, so I don't know how much you, you follow these amateur players or anything, but, um, I just wanted to kind of take a, a 30,000 foot view with you. And, you know, for me, I get excited about this cause it means our first year player drafts are around the corner. Um, and kind of want to take a, a, a wide view of, uh, just what you thought about the nationals draft overall. And, and maybe some guys that you'll be targeting in, in first-year player drafts coming up after this season. Uh, yeah, I mean, I thought the draft from the uh, the Nationals draft was a typical um, Nationals draft. It was very pitching heavy, um, and then kind of throwing some interesting uh, middle infielders. Um, so their first pick. Uh, was Jackson Rutledge, which I'm really excited to uh, to see. He's yeah. a uh, six eight a righty, like six eight. That's I, I wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a J two. Uh, I mean a junior college um, uh, righty. I'm 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 really excited to see Jackson Rutledge. Um, and then they signed, uh, well, then they drafted Drew Mendoza, which is a third baseman out of uh, Florida State. And uh, he's kind of interesting. I don't know. He, he might be able to stick at the position at third. Um, um, and then they drafted, you know, a, uh, a reliever in Matt uh, Cronin. And then, you know, just maybe a, another pitcher here and there. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was a typical nationals draft. They got a guy in the first round that kind of fell to them. Yeah. Um, and a pitcher. So, you know, it was a very typical nationals draft. Yeah. I was blown away that Jackson Rutledge was sitting there at 17 for them. And I think that was the easy pick. Um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's kind of interesting. You know, you say six, eight, two fifty. the dude is huge. And and when you see him pitch, it's kind of, interesting to see because he's got this super short arm action um so it doesn't look like the ball is going to be coming at you mid to high 90s but it certainly does um you know what was 
really interesting to me about this draft and you know, I don't know too much about the Nationals draft strategy, so maybe this is something they do every year. They didn't take a prep player until the 23rd round, uh, which is something something you don't see from uh, too too many teams now nowadays. But uh, you know, they might maybe just like those more developed players. I know that's what I like to target in my first year player drafts. You know, guys that are <clears throat> a little a little more developed, I guess you will, or I should say, have a little more proximity to the majors. So. Do you know if that's just a, an organizational thing or if that's just the way the, the picks fell this year? Um, I, I think that's just how the picks fell. I mean, they typically do go a little bit more uh, college, more than prep, uh, but they usually don't wait that long to get a prep guy. I mean, last year they uh, signed... Uh, I can't remember the picture off the top of my head, but they signed a actually prep picture in their uh first round uh but they but they typically go uh college heavy gotcha yeah and i gotta give a shout out to their 17th round pick amos willingham out of georgia tech a guy that's uh right down the road from me that i got to see pitch a few times scott you were looking something up for us man you find any of those uh prospects of the week from this nat system i found two uh-oh uh, back in the first uh, week of the season, we actually had one of the hottest double A hitters out there in Rhett Wiseman. Oh yeah, uh, was yeah. not ranked in Shelley's top fifty preseason, but he he's. I go to a lot of Yard Goats games, and every time they put up the league leaders for uh, offensive stats, he's still up there on several of the categories. Yeah, yeah. I I was kind of surprised to see what he's doing this year so he uh, is gonna be making my list for sure yeah i mean he's 25 years old in double a but uh you know he's putting up some good numbers and you know someone to follow someone that we think should definitely be in their 50 at this point and um you know what i actually only found one other and it was jacob wilson in triple a he had a really good week um a, a few weeks back uh, Rhett Wiseman and Gilbert Lair tied for strikeouts, 54 piece. So, <laughs> Does that lead the major leagues? <laughs> well, they're uh, they're tied. It's minor leagues. They're tied for fourth in the national system. So I don't know. Take that for what you will. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, hey, Scott, you got any more uh, follow up questions for Shelly? No. I mean, she's touched on, you know, some of her risers and some some players she's not as, as high on. And we talked about the draft and got into a little bit of uh, dynasty and fantasy talk and who to hold. So Shelly, you know, another great job as always. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Shelly, before you go, what, will you uh, plug your work for us at, you know, obviously with prospects 1500, but tell us what you're working on at other sites. And, and before you do that, I, I strongly recommend uh, everybody go follow Shelly on Twitter. She puts out some extremely unique stuff, and I think that's what we're all looking for is, is uh, original content. She definitely pumps that out. Shelly, plug your work for us, and I'm looking forward to seeing you and Rudy in uh, Cleveland for the Futures game. Yeah, I look forward to seeing uh, both of you guys as well um, in Cleveland. Um, but, yeah, you can pretty much catch me – uh, every week over at Rotographs, I kind of write about some interesting prospects that kind of caught my eye throughout the week and kind of try to profile them. Um, and then I write over at the uh, pitchers list. I kind of deep dive into some um, um, MLB guys who I just kind of just want to see what makes them kind of tick and what makes them good or bad or whatever. Um, and then I also have a weekly podcast over at the uh, the Dynasty Guru, uh, so you can check me out. Well, I guess you can hear me out there. Um, <laughs> and then, <if laughs> and then of course, uh, uh, every month I put out uh, um, an article over at uh, Prospects fifteen hundred about the Nets. Very cool. Hey, Shelley, one other thing that you do, and I love it, is uh, your interesting minor league baseball stats from the day before. Agreed. Uh, couple hitters, couple pitchers. You've seen those, Jake, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, hey, Tanner Houck made your tweet this morning, Shelly. Yeah, he absolutely killed it last night. Yeah, I was I was very – like, whenever I can get a Red Sox guy in there, I'm just like, I just got to get this guy in there. So I think Jake just tuned out right Y'all calm down. I, I made my best effort to keep this from being a, a Red Sox love fest. Now we're, we're, we're in there. <laughs> 
can't wait to see the gift I have for you in Cleveland, Jake. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, Shelly, we appreciate the time. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Shelly Verstraight. Be sure and let Rudy know we'll be talking some Reds prospects with him soon, please. Oh, believe me, I, I, I will be letting him know. All right. Thanks, Shelly. Thanks, All right, Shelly. Thanks. All right. That was great talking to Shelly. And Jake and I will be back after the short break, and we're going to talk about some of the minor league baseball all-star games coming up and a few other things before we sign off on this episode of Futures Focus, a Prospects 1500 podcast. And welcome back to Prospects 1500's Futures Focus podcast. Scott Green here with Jake Berry. And Jake, we are pretty much full swing into minor league baseball all-star season. We have the short season in rookie leagues starting up. So in addition to everything we've been doing, now we've got even more. How do you feel about that? It's going to add to your prospects of the week. Yeah, you know, that's actually my first thought is, uh, you know, where we were writing about four classifications classifications before, we're just going to add to that. Um, no, it's an exciting time to be a baseball fan, especially a minor league baseball fan here. You know, these all-star games are great. Um, they don't time them up very well for us who want to see some of the best guys from each each uh, league out on the field together. Um, but you know what? We, we, we do what we can with it, and, uh, and there's some, some pretty stacked rosters uh, for some of these leagues. Absolutely. I want to give a shout-out to some of our correspondents that are going to be covering some of these games for us, which is exciting. And uh, we'll be getting some nice photography and some, some video. Um, the first one's the Florida State League All-Star Game. And got a, a couple great photographers uh, that you might uh, be able to find on um, social media, uh, Flickr. Um, Brian Green, who uh, does a lot of the photography that uh, we use photos of for our columns, he's going to be in uh, Jupiter, as well as Tom Haggerty. And then um, on Twitter, I've been going back and forth with this uh, fine young man. His name is Bailey Srebnik, and he's going to be doing some live tweeting for us. Um, at the Florida State League All-Star Game, which is really cool. That's Saturday, uh, June 15th. If you're listening to this uh, podcast after uh, June 15th, then uh, you can definitely check out our Twitter feed. Um, but then we've got five games coming up uh, on Thursday, June 18th, which is really exciting. Um, Gail Verderico is our Cal League correspondent. She's going to be in San Bernardino, California, at the home of the 66ers. Uh, for the Cal League All-Star Game. Uh, Tim Smith, who is one of our former correspondents, he's going to be helping us out in Frederick, Maryland at the Carolina League All-Star Game. Uh, our Cubs rep, uh, Tom Uziak, uh, and great photographer Rick Carlson will be in South Bend, Indiana, for the Midwest League All-Star Game. And then I have a, a couple special correspondents lined up because we don't have really our own writers in these areas, but I reached out to some folks and Jim Zeely is going to uh, hit up Charleston, West Virginia in the South Atlantic League All-Star Game, Sally League, uh, for us. And Jared Vickery down in Mississippi is going to uh, spend the weekend in Biloxi uh, Thursday, actually, I think Wednesday night for the All-Star, um, the Home Run Derby, and Thursday for the All-Star Game uh, and that's the Southern League, the AA Southern League All-Star Game. So we're, we've got coverage all over the place. Uh, and, and then the week after that, we're going to actually have someone in Tulsa, Oklahoma at the Texas League All-Star Game. So just awesome stuff. Yeah, a wide reach, that's for sure. And uh, Scott, I, I know you're, you're up in the Northeast there, but uh, I just want to go on record and say Biloxi is a magical town. So uh, I'm kind of jealous of, uh, I wish I could get out to the Southern League All-Star Game out there. He told me, I've been um, down in that neck of the woods on some travel many years ago, um, but I did not get to spend any time in Biloxi, so um, kind of jealous myself. So really looking forward to seeing the uh, content that uh, 
that Jared is going to be able to pump out for us. Yeah, absolutely. Some great players in that league also, which is, uh, which is amazing. That's where your, uh, your Mississippi Braves are, correct? Yeah, that's right. And also, uh, you know, my hometown Chattanooga Lookouts, you know, I think we always have those connections to kind of our hometown teams. You, you probably follow some Rockies guys who, who come through Hartford. That's kind of what I do with the Reds and the Lookouts there, too. So, uh, sure. yeah, Southern League is near and dear to my heart. And I know I think they've got uh, Waters and Pache already lined up to be in that starting lineup. Yeah, absolutely. Ian Anderson will be there, too. Tucker Davidson lights out. Uh, he'll be up there. So, yeah, some, some Braves representation at that game for sure. A little disappointed to hear that um, uh, Vid- is it Vidal, Vidal Brujan for the Rays. He's in the uh, Florida State League. He's injured, so he's named to the All-Star team, but not going to be able to participate from my understanding. Yeah, one of those, uh, well, I guess you can't call it a participation trophy, but right, one of those ceremonial things, I guess. Exactly. Um, you mentioned Hartford. Uh, I got to see him pitch a few weeks ago in Hartford. Uh, he's been lights out. Uh, Detroit Tigers, number one prospect, Casey Mize, uh, just taken out of a game. And uh, the word that I get, I get from a, one of my sources, uh, <laughs> I'll give him a little shout out here. My colleague, Matt Mahaney, um, says that he heard it was minor posterior shoulder inflammation so i guess that's not that's not really bad news and hopefully he won't uh, be able to, he won't be missing too too much time yeah and you know shoulder stuff it's never good news but uh you're right i mean <laughs> at least at least we didn't hear uh it's under the knife so yeah, exactly you, you can't be giving away your sources scotty ball game come on yeah well i had to give a shout out to matt he's a tigers lions red wings fan i mean he's he's been through a lot so i wanted to give him a shout out it's the least you could do <laughs> um you know coming from the city of champions of course a um, little upset about the bruins lost the other night but i digress let's get back to um to minor league baseball talk here so so tell us what is going on with uh some of the hottest uh braves prospects i know that you're all over Trey Harris this year, and he's been been killing it. Uh, can you can you give us a little glimpse of who we should be watching for the next you know couple months here? Yeah, well, I, you know, I think one guy who, well, I always like to kind of dive a little bit deeper uh, for some of these names because the Braves do have a pretty well known farm system. You know, I'd say they're top. Top three, in my opinion, with a little bit of bias there, but I don't think anybody can argue they're outside of the top five. Um, so it's always it's always fun when we've got guys like Tucker Davidson, um, who is who is pitching in that staff, that Mississippi staff with Ian Anderson and Kyle Miller and, and, and Joey Wentz, and uh, really stealing the show down there. Nineteenth uh, round, nineteen pick back in two thousand sixteen, lefty who uh, who's on a tear as of late and you know, ended up being named to the all-star team there. So, um, <clears throat> you know, he's he's a guy that many of us need to keep our eye on and, and another one pedaling through in a long line of uh, Braves pitching prospects for sure. And I wanted to just uh, shout out to a couple of my uh, favorite Red Sox prospects, uh, Darwinzon Hernandez, uh, who was with the Portland Sea Dogs, double-A, just made his – uh, first start in the major leagues the other night. It wasn't lights out, but uh, you know he didn't get lit up either. Kind of just an average start. I don't expect uh, that he's going to be with the major league team a lot. Um, it'll probably be be uh, down in the minors for a good portion the rest of the year, which I think is needed. He, I, I we don't really know what's going on with the Red Sox bullpen, but. Um, I think Hernandez still needs some time at, you know, double A AA or triple A. And then um, it's funny, Bobby Dahlbeck is, I'm seeing reports that all of the Red Sox prospects are like on the trade market. I guess with Dave Dombrowski, you have to expect that, except Jaron Duran. Uh, and I guess I'm all for that if, it, you know, Prospects are cool. Parades are cooler is the mantra. 
according to Casey Stern. And, you know, it worked when when they won the world championship last year. But I I think I would be okay moving Dahlbeck or moving, uh, you know, Groom or moving Tanner Houck or any of their top, you know, 10 guys uh, except Jaron Duran. So I'm on board with that. I think he's he's a talented player, just got promoted to double A. I know our friend Eric Cross has uh, gotten to see him a little bit in Portland. Uh, he's been a little quiet since he got promoted to Portland, but uh, very talented outfielder with uh, great hit tool and speed. Uh, I'm excited to see him when Portland rolls through Hartford. So that's my little take on on the Red Sox system. I say trade some of these guys, see what we can get for them, if it's going to help our major league team. It, it, we don't have the best system anywhere near the top of the rankings right now. So uh, trade some and see what we can get. Yeah, that's that's uh, interesting. I And I saw some talk about this on Twitter today, too. And I don't think – yeah, I'm with you. I don't think anybody in the Red Sox farm system is, um, is not going to be on the block, um, except for, you're right, maybe Duran. And for good reason. I mean, <clears throat> Bobby Dahlbeck has been kind of turning into – uh, more than just a one-trick pony, I guess you could say. He's, he's mm-hmm. the, by no means are the strikeouts, you know, back down to average or anything like that. But they're coming down a little bit from what we're used to seeing. Um, and I think Hernandez is an interesting piece. You know, I think out of all the arms that you guys have over there in the Red Sox system, to me anyway, he's got the highest floor. You know, there's there, there's some upside with some other some of those other arms out there. Um, but Hernandez was a guy that I kind of fell in love with uh, during the Arizona Fall League last year. And I always have one guy every Fall League that that I always just carry over to the next season, and, and it was Hernandez for me. So, um, you know, usually high floor lefties aren't the guys that you really want to trade, but I hear you. You know, I think uh, especially with, with uh, the Yankees loading back up when some guys come off the IL, uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Red Sox make a couple moves like that. Yeah. So we're kind of all over the place on this final segment of Futures Focus uh, during this episode. I'm just going to bounce back to uh, to your Braves and the Mississippi uh, Club uh, AA and some of the guys that are participating in the Southern League All-Star Game. You already mentioned, uh, we talked about Pache and Waters and uh, Ian Anderson, Tucker Davidson. There are two other players that I just want to throw their names out to you kind of a little bit of a uh, rapid fire here and I want you to give me your you know uh, first thoughts you know kind of like word association what's the first thing you think about when you hear these two names you ready Jeremy Walker Uh, lifelong reliever Kyle Muller needs to harness command all right not bad not bad. All right. Would you be up for that game with, uh, let's say, the uh, Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp? <laughs> I mean, I can give it a shot, yeah. <laughs> I've got, I guess, four all-stars, four names. You might actually do better with one of the other teams. But I'm going to do, do Jacksonville. Yeah, I mean, you're going to throw out Marlins prospects at me? Is that what we're doing here? Yes. Oh, come on. Probably one of the farm systems I pay attention to the least. <laughs> uh, Sorry, Stopper. Let's try it. All right. Uh, I think you might actually do better with the mobile Bay Bears, but I'm going to go Jacksonville Jumble Shrimp. Here we go. Brian Miller. Oh. Out, outfielder. Uh, let's see. Brian Miller. Um, irrelevant? Oh, that was me. Sorry. <laughs> I wonder if his parents are going to be listening to this podcast. <laughs> um, infielder, Justin Twine. Um, Justin Twine. Uh, let's say uh, better plate approach. How about that? Okay. He doesn't, he doesn't walk a whole lot. He's got a pretty good contact tool, I think, but he doesn't walk a whole lot. Two pitchers. Robert Duggar. Um, pass. <laughs> and Cody Poteet. Cody Poteet. So those are the Marlins prospects that are playing in the Southern League All-Star Game, folks. <laughs> um, 
let's see. Is there one other team that I could do here? Uh, no, that's uh, that's not going to work. And uh, here we go. Let's see. Um, Chattanooga Lookouts. All right. That one would work better for me. <laughs> All right. Ibondel Isabel. Uh, wear a helmet when you're on the mound. These are 2019 Southern League All-Stars, by the way, Jake. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're, they're no slouches, that's for sure. But wear a helmet when you're on the mound, because if he makes contact and that ball's coming back at you, it's going to be coming at you a lot harder than how fast you threw it, that's for sure. Alfredo Rodriguez. Oh, uh, defense only. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Taylor Trammell. Um, athletic, high upside. Top 100 prospect? Yeah, of course. Top 50? Uh, borderline. TJ Antone. Yeah, pass on that one. <laughs> and the other pitcher that they have on their all-star roster is Joel Kunell. Oh, yeah, I know Joel. He's big. I think he's like 6'5". Maybe two, 250 or something like that. Big righty. All right. And just looking at this, um, the North Division All-Star team for the uh, Southern League uh, All-Star game, uh, Luis Robert is there representing the White Sox for the Birmingham Barons. Um, Dalton Varsho, the catcher for the Jacksonville Generals, representing the Diamondbacks. A couple big names on their roster. Uh, and Jesus Sanchez. Yeah, for, for the Rays. Yeah, it's kind of the talk of the Rays until uh, Wander showed up. Exactly, exactly. So, all right, um, I know that uh, we're going to try to wrap things up here. Um, make sure that you're following uh, my partner in crime, Jake, here on Twitter at Barry's underscore baseball. Uh, you can follow me at Scotty Ballgame, Scotty underscore ballgame. Uh, Jake, you're, we're lining up some other special guests that we're going to be speaking to on future episodes. Uh, any any insight, any names you want to drop, or, or are we going to keep the the unbelievably huge listening audience that we have uh, in, in in surprise here? Well, uh, how about a little tease instead? How about we just say if you are a fan of the Phillies or have any interest in your dynasty teams, as it pertains to Philly's prospects, you might want to tune into the next episode. All right. Very cool. Um, maybe coming up, uh, we'll have some Reds discussion. I think we talked to talked to Shelly about speaking to one of her partners in crime. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking with Rudy. Um, you know, that Red system is kind of a sleeper system, too. But that lookouts team is pretty stacked. And I think that, you know, that kind of reflected in the uh, Southern League roster, all-star roster we just talked about. And coming up in less than a month. We will be convening in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, we're going to be taking in some minor league baseball action. We're going to be taking in some fan fest action and having a little bit of conference with some special guests and prospects Q&A, uh, going to the amazing Futures game. I think we should try and put together some sort of special Futures focus episode, uh, whether it's whether it's live, whether it's it's recorded and then posted the same day. We've got to talk about that. Do you have any ideas of of uh, what we should do to maybe incorporate uh, our group of people that will be there with us? Yeah, I, I think what we need to do is we just need to run people run guests through the podcast, do a live podcast, and have folks on for five or ten minutes and. You know, tell us about the experience and maybe uh, maybe what they're looking forward to most about the Futures game. All right, sounds good. This year's Futures game is going to be in the evening. First time they're moving it to prime time, so that's really exciting. Going to be going to be interesting for for you and I uh, because the media access on the field for batting practice for both squads. Is usually started up, uh, you know, it has been late afternoon uh, or mid to late afternoon before the game has started. And then the Legends and Celebrity softball game has always come after the Futures game. So now the Legends and Celebrity softball game is going to be in the afternoon with the Futures game being in the evening. It'll be interesting to see 
when they have their, you know, media on the field for batting practice and whatnot. I guess we'll be finding out about all that in the coming, uh, you know, weeks. Yeah, I, I kind of, to be honest with you, kind of forgot about that softball game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because that is happening. They that is that is a, a pretty decent draw, maybe even a bigger draw for the All Star Sunday. Uh, mainstream for for uh, the majority of people that attend that game, uh, more so than the Futures game. I think you're going to have the um, more of a TV audience um, and and streaming audience for the Futures game. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes. Excited to to see what happens. We're going to be um, trying to put together something to hit the uh, Mahoning Valley Scrappers uh, Friday night. And then uh, we will definitely be out in East Lake, Ohio at the Lake County Captains game on the Saturday night uh, before the Futures game. So Prospects 1500 is going to be all over, uh, you know, Northeast Ohio that, uh, that weekend. Yeah, we've got a pretty good group going, I think. You know, seven or eight of us heading up there. Um, how many of us are local? Do you know off the top of your head, Scott? Or uh, are we all traveling in? I think we're all traveling. Um, you know, we've got uh, we've got Michigan, um, Virginia area. You're Georgia. I'm Massachusetts. Um, Gail's coming from California. Wow. Uh, and Joe, uh, our Mariners correspondent, he's coming out from Seattle. So yeah, we're we're traveling. All right, well, get ready, Cleveland. Oh, <laughs> uh, and I don't, and Ben is coming from uh, upstate New York. So yeah, every he's probably the closest, um, yeah. but but still, you know, to three to four hours away. So yes, get ready, Cleveland. So thanks for joining me. Uh, we want to thank uh, Shelley for for joining us in the first half of our podcast. And uh, as Jake said, we'll be speaking to. Uh, We'll be speaking some Phillies prospects in our next episode, and uh, we will uh, be in touch with everyone uh, online through Twitter. Check out our website, prospects1500.com. Uh, Jake uh, and I do the prospects of the week every Monday, and uh, amazing content uh, being put up by all of our correspondents on a pretty much uh, daily basis. So uh, for Jake Berry and Shelley Verstrait, this is Scott Green. You've been listening to Futures Focus, a Prospects 1500 podcast. We'll talk to you next time.